Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Ah, the triumphal entry. With all of its pomp and pageantry, a parade into Jerusalem that we still talk about 2,000 years later. One where people got swept up in the moment and hailed Jesus as their Savior. Where he rode in on a donkey and people waved palm branches. I'm sure it was a sight to behold. If it happened today, I'm guessing it might look something like this. These photos are from when the Red Sox won the 2018 World Series. And this is what it looked like in Boston at that victory parade. The, the energy and the excitement is, is palpable. I imagine it was rather loud with people shouting and cheering. And that was probably what it was like for Jesus. He had just scored a major victory over death, the raising of Lazarus from the dead, and people were following him to see what would happen next. And how exciting it must have been for them to have Jesus to start to head into Jerusalem. Because the Jewish people of that day wanted a new earthly king, a, a Jewish king. They wanted to be out from under the rule of, of, Rome, of the thumb of Roman rule. You see, they were a defeated people group. And they were looked at as second-class citizens. Maybe, just maybe, this Jesus will finally save us from being discriminated against. And Jesus is heading to the center of it all, the place where God has promised to be, Jerusalem. If the Jewish people were to take on their overlords, it would be at Jerusalem. And it was during this entrance into Jerusalem that Jesus did something strange. He got himself a donkey to ride on. Now sure, we read about the account of that in John, and it kind of sounds like there was a random donkey just kind of sitting there, and he happened to find it and use it. But I want to focus on the telling of the story from the book of Mark. And here in Mark, there's a lot more detail when it comes to this whole donkey thing. Listen to what it says in Mark 11. Now when they drew near to Jerusalem, to Bethpage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately as you enter it, you will find a colt tied, on which no one has ever sat. Untie it and bring it. If anyone says to you, Why are you doing this? Say, The Lord has need of it, and will send it back here immediately. And they went away and found a colt tied at a door outside in the street, and they untied it. And some of those standing there said to them, What are you doing untying the colt? And they told them what Jesus had said, and they let them go. And they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it, and he sat on it. And many spread their cloaks on the road, and others spread leafy branches that they had cut from the fields. And those who went before and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. And he entered Jerusalem and went into the temple. And when he had looked around at everything, it was already late. He went out to Bethany with the twelve. Now the reason I want to focus on this reading is because while I was at a training being led by a man named Les Stroh, he asked the group a question. 
Now this wasn't part of the training, but it was rather like an aside. It was like a passing thought that he wanted to share with us during some downtime. And he asked the question, who brought the donkey back after Jesus rode into Jerusalem? And that question burrowed its way into my little brain here, and it just sat. Sadly, the Bible doesn't tell us who brought the donkey back. Trust me, I looked it up. But notice the words of Jesus here. He said to his disciples, if someone questions them, they were to say, the Lord has need of it, and catch this, I will se- er, and, and will send it back here immediately. The Lord has need of it, and will send it back here immediately. By saying this, Jesus made a promise to the owner of that donkey. And Jesus keeps his promises. I'm guessing that if you had your donkey stolen by Jesus, you'd work hard to make sure that people knew about that. You'd testify at his so-called trial when the Pharisees were looking for evidence that Jesus is a fraud. He steals people's donkeys and doesn't return them. Even after the resurrection... If that donkey owner heard that Jesus rose from the dead, he'd not only not believe it, but he'd purposely work to discredit it. Because if Jesus can't keep his word in the small thing like this, in in the small thing of returning a donkey to its owner, who's to say he can keep his word in a giant thing like coming back from the dead after being crucified on a cross? And so it was someone's job to bring that donkey back. The Bible doesn't tell us who. If it was Jesus who returned it, we'd probably read about that in the Bible, but it's not there. Another option is that maybe God the Father just brought it back on his own, right? He had led some cattle uh, carrying the Ark of the Covenant, so we know he could do it. That's another option, right? But the third option, which is most likely, is that somebody brought the donkey back. And can you imagine the story that was told to that donkey owner? Something to the effect of, dude, you're not going to believe what happened with this donkey. You know how he said the Lord had need of it? Well, guess what he did with it? He rode it. I know! This young donkey wasn't even broken in yet. Nobody had ridden it yet. This donkey wasn't used to anyone riding it. But Jesus got up on that donkey and he rode it into Jerusalem, never once being bucked off. But get this. Not only that, he rode the donkey through a big crowd of people yelling and shouting. This little donkey didn't get scared when people shouted, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. He didn't even spook when the people waved palm branches in his face. This is the start to an amazing story being told to that donkey owner. Have you ever seen a movie where someone tries to teach a horse to accept a saddle and a rider? That person's job is dangerous. Under normal circumstances, that person, when the person first tries to ride a horse, the colt would probably have bolted or bucked or balked, and usually the rider's thrown. It's the same thing for donkeys. They have to be trained or or broken. But this unbroken colt calmly proceeds through Jerusalem with Jesus on its back while the noisy crowd is singing and laying garments on the road and tossing branches down in front of it to walk. 
Can you imagine being the owner of this donkey and hearing this story? Picture him just, just sitting there trying to process the information. If he didn't already know who Jesus was, I'm guessing he'd be wondering now. He'd be sitting there going, wait, 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 who is this guy? He'd need to know more. And it would be the disciple who returned that donkey, whom God would send with words to share with the owner of the donkey who Jesus is in a small task, as seemingly insignificant as returning a donkey. Jesus, or God uses these moments to spread the good news of who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. Since we don't know who returned the donkey or who even owned the donkey, we'll have to ask God about the specific situation when we get to heaven. But remember, our God is the God who keeps promises. He's the God who, despite us being as wretched as we are, promises to continue to love and care for each and every one of us. And it's in the small moments of our lives. In the seemingly insignificant moments similar to the returning of a donkey. That the Christian life not only exists but it flourishes. And that God is able to use to work through us. It's in the smallness of the tasks ahead of us. It's in the kind word out of the blue. It's in the forgiveness between friends and relatives and the ability to move on. It's in the driving three hours to watch your nieces while your sister has an appointment. It's in the giving of a meal or a ride or a hug. It's in the sitting with a loved one as they go through an emotionally difficult time. For so many of us, we look for the large doors and the major moments in which God is at work. But it's in the little things that helps us to know that we can trust him in the big things. And we know we can trust Jesus in the big things. For us and for Jesus' disciples in the Bible, he gave proof over and over of him being the Son of God. Have you ever noticed how Jesus shows repeatedly having supernatural knowledge? How did he know where to find a donkey? How did he know what needed to be said to the owner so that the disciples would be able to take the donkey with them? How did he know he'd die on a cross? How did he know he would rise again three days later? In Scripture, we see over and over again how Jesus makes promises and he keeps them. He made a promise to that thief on a cross. Today you'll be with me in paradise. He kept that promise too. And not only do we see Jesus keep promises to the owner of the donkey and to the thief on the cross, but he also fulfills the promised word of God as foretold in the Old Testament, spoken by the Holy Spirit through the prophets. Jesus keeps these promises too. We see in Zechariah 9.9, the foretelling of Jesus' entry into Jerusalem. It says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you, righteous, and having salvation is he, humble, and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, colt the foal of a donkey. Jesus keeps his promises, even in the smallest of details. 
But no reflection of Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem would be complete without reflecting on the why he's come. And sure, it looks like the victory has already come and that this parade is in celebration of Jesus' power over death at the raising of Lazarus. And perhaps, perhaps it's anticipation of Jesus leading an earthly overthrow of the oppressive government, or at least it looks that way to the people participating in the celebration. But for us, on this side of the resurrection, we truly know why Jesus was entering Jerusalem as he traveled on the road that led to the cross and ultimately to the empty tomb. During the midweek services here at Lent, we've been focusing on a series called The Signs of Lent, where we look at the road that Jesus took for our salvation, reflecting on modern-day traffic signs as metaphors for this journey. The sign for Palm Sunday is that of a road narrows sign. And that's because Jesus' road did narrow here on Palm Sunday. It narrowed from his wide ministry throughout Israel to the narrow city streets, a crowd of followers who hailed him as David's son. During the years of his earthly ministry, Jesus walked and taught and healed, traveling through Galilee and Samaria and Judea, all the while drawing closer to Jerusalem and closer to his cross. On Palm Sunday, Jesus entered into the, uh, Jerusalem in humility, riding on that donkey as the prophet had foretold. His path of ministry had now narrowed down to the final road that would lead to his suffering and his death on the cross. And it was the narrow road that would mean death for him and life for us. Salvation won through the forgiveness earned on the cross. You see, though the crowds celebrated what they thought would be an earthly ruler saving them from the Romans, they didn't understand the true nature of the victory parade of Jesus. But for Jesus, his true victory was yet to come. Though Satan himself thought himself the victory, the victor when Jesus died on the cross, Satan's victory dance was cut short when Jesus ultimately triumphed over death itself. On that third day, Jesus rode from the dead, never to die again. Satan was defeated, and God bound that old evil foe once and for all. And as God's called children, claimed and confident in our salvation, we who know the truth can walk in the newness of life that Jesus creates for us. We can walk in the paths he makes for us, even if that path includes returning a donkey. In Jesus' name, amen. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord.